What was that like for you having to step up at such a young age? It was kind of confusing because you still trying to learn yourself, learn things in life. My mom did a good job of like molding us, you know. I gotta be strong no matter what, you know. It could be the worst situation, like we could be about to die, but I still gotta be always be cool in the midst of the storm. Welcome to the SC Featured Podcast. I'm Jen Latta. Every year, every NFL team selects a player for the Ed Block Courage Award, an honor bestowed on a player who serves as a role model of inspiration, sportsmanship, and courage. This year, Pittsburgh Steelers cornerback Artie Burns was chosen by his teammates to receive the award. Burns, like most players, is acknowledged for his work off the field, but in this case, it also comes from how he handles things at home. Monday Night Countdown reporter Michelle Beisner-Buck reveals how the second-year pro keeps a handle on football and family. It's a Saturday morning in Pittsburgh, and the home of Steelers cornerback Artie Burns buzzes with energy. Artie's enjoying some family time with his 15-year-old brother, Jordan his fiance Ella, and their two sons, Saint and AJ. The Burns family is heading to Heinz Field for a game. But Artie won't be dressing today. This day belongs to Thomas Burns, Artie's 17-year-old brother and starting senior cornerback for Pine Richland High School, who's playing for a football district championship. And after all the Burns brothers have been through, a little home field advantage is exactly what they need. It's been a, a shaky journey. You know, I gotta be strong no matter what. You know, it could be the worst situation. Like, we could be about to die, but I still gotta always be cool in the midst of the storm. The storm first hit home when Artie was in the fourth grade, after his father, Artie Sr., was arrested for drug trafficking a sentence he is still serving. Overnight, Artie Jr. had to become the man of the house to Thomas and Jordan. What was that like for you having to step up at such a young age? My mom told me how to deal with it. And um, just how to keep on going. Because you still try to learn yourself. You learn things in life. My mom did a good job of like molding us. Living in the Miami area, Dana Smith, now a single mother of three boys, had her hands full, but found a way to juggle it all through their shared love of sports. She got three boys and she showed up to every football game. My younger brother played like at 10 o'clock. Uh, Thomas played like at 2, 3 o'clock, and I played at 7. She'll take care of everything. She'll be there. She just made everything happen. You playing in the NFL was... A dream for her, just as much as it was for you. She probably wanted it more than me. Artie Starr was on the rise, playing college football close to home at the U. By his junior year, he was climbing draft boards, and the NFL aspirations he shared with his mother appeared within reach. A mid-season phone call from his aunt changed that. She told me, uh, your mom in the hospital. When I came down there, you know, she was, uh, she was in a coma, and uh, she wasn't, like, responding or like that. And then, and what happened? It was crazy. Like, actually, when we left, 
Probably like ten minutes. Ten minutes later, they called me, and um, they were like, "You gotta come back." Dana Smith died of a heart attack on October twenty seventh, two thousand fifteen. She was forty four years old. Resilient through his heartbreak, Artie stepped up again, becoming guardian to his two brothers and declaring early for the NFL draft, where he was selected twenty fifth overall by the Pittsburgh Steelers. As Artie played his rookie season with the Steelers, Thomas and Jordan remained with family in Florida until they could move to Pittsburgh. I didn't want to bring him up in my first year because I just got into my neighborhood and I didn't know what schools was appropriate for him or nothing like that. I had to figure out everything first, and then once I figured out that, they came up here. Artie's brother, Jordan Burns, stood up like a lot of ways. Like he helped me in school, football, everything that mom did. Like just like he's like her, but just in a male body. Artie's other brother, Thomas Burns. Go what he went through and having to take me and my brothers in at a young age. Uh, yeah, you gotta have a tough heart to do that. And now, like his mother did for him, Artie's there for his brother's games. They haven't targeted him this whole game yet, so far. So that's an A plus game. I was on the field. I looked up and I seen him sitting in a box. I was like, play hard. They watching me. They looking at what I'm doing. I'm gonna do it at my best. And as a 22 year old NFL player guiding four boys under the age of 18, Artie can't help but savor these family moments. Watching Thomas's team enjoy the sweet taste of victory, knowing just how far their family has come. There's always going to be some type of adversity that you got to go through in life. I'm very proud of them. You know, everything is going well for them. You know, I just want to see them keep on going, keep on progressing. Still to come, we have more of Michelle Beisner Buck's conversation with Pittsburgh Steelers defensive back Artie Burns. He talks more about needing to step up as a caregiver for his two brothers after his mother's death in October of 2015. But first, a thanks to all of you listening to the SC Featured podcast, and a quick reminder to those of you in Apple Podcasts: please subscribe and send us your feedback on our stories. For ESPN app listeners, add us to your favorites, and alerts will be sent right to your phone whenever a new podcast is available. My biggest like model is always man versus man, you versus yourself. And I can't worry about like other things or or am I comparing myself to other guys in the league? You know, because at the end of the day, it's all about are you doing good? That's something I keep to myself. You know, just battling myself. You know, day in day out, making sure I become my best self. You know, every day. You're listening to the SC Featured podcast. I'm your host Jen Latta. Steelers cornerback Artie Burns is 22 years old. He is a father of two, and also the guardian of his two younger brothers, Thomas and Jordan. We now have more of his conversation with Monday Night Countdown reporter Michelle Beisner Buck, as Burns explains how he manages the roles of father figure and football player. Let's start with Saturday. How proud are you of your brother Thomas? I'm very proud, just to keep going through everything that we've been going through, that he's been going through. Keep his head down, finish high school, get his、uh, scholarship to the U, go to college. I'm just proud of him. You know, I just want to keep on seeing him grow. 
There's a lot of parallels between you guys athletically. He tried to be like me just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I started playing football for, you know, he's he's been looking up to me ever since we was little. You know, we always hang out together because, you know, he's right after me. You know, we just try to be real similar, and we just end up doing the same sports, liking the same things, sticking the same way. Did you have any advice for your brother, Thomas? I try not to cloud his head up. You no, know, I, I believe that he's pretty smart himself. You know, I don't want to cloud his mind up with too many hints or, or like too many pointers or stuff like that. Just go out there, play fast and hard, and the plays will fall right into his lap. And then, what was it like for you to be able to watch your brother play on the field that you play on? It was kind of funny, you know, because before the game, he was like, "I'm not gonna be hyped about the game." I'm like, "Yo, you playing in a professional stadium? You gonna be hyped up?" You know, he went out there. I see him bouncing around for about a good 30 minutes. I'm like, yo, you got to chill out a little bit, you know. But I, I'm glad I see him out there hyped up, you know. And uh, it's a dream. A lot of high school kids want to play in a professional stadium, and he got a chance to. A lot, of, a lot of people don't get a chance to do that. What do you think your mom would have been like on Saturday? Should have been very proud. Thomas actually one of her favorites, so she wait for moments like them to accomplish big things, you know, just to just to enjoy it with him, you know. And uh, she would definitely enjoy that one, you know. Being able to be in a state championship, you know, gathering all these accolades, stacking them up, you know, she'll be very proud of them. What do you think she would have been like in the suite? Quiet, calm, loud, nah, rowdy? She probably would have been out the window <laughs> with like one of the horns, blowing the horns. You know, the stadium wasn't even packed, so everybody would have been like, who was that lady? <laughs> <laughs> that's good, though. I like yeah. that. That's that's kind of the way that she's always been there with you, right? Yeah, most definitely. She, she just, you know, she brings all the energy, you know, all the life, all the happiness. And I understand growing up, I mean, you playing in the NFL was a dream for her just yeah. as much as it was for you. She probably wanted it more than me. You know, uh, she pushed me, you know, and I, that's why I'm actually motivated, you know, because it takes a lot for somebody wanting it more than you, you know, and, and keep on showing you that they want it or you don't want it, you know, and uh, she stayed on me consistently, you know, and I just got to pay her for doing it. How did she support you guys growing up with all of your sports and all of your <clears throat> dreams? She got three boys, and she showed up to every football game on a she Saturday. never missed. Never missed. Three games. So you got a game at morning time. My younger brother played like at 10 o'clock. Uh, Thomas played like at 2, 3 o'clock, and I played at 7. Everything involving with school, she showed up, everything in sports. We go out of town. She'll take care of everything. She'll be there. Um, she just made everything happen. What kind of mother was she? She was a, she was a teaching mom. Most tools that I use today, I learned from her. You know, my, with my dad leaving, you know, she really stepped in and, you know, she really taught us things that most most men will have to do. You know, and she did it, you know, and I respect her a lot for that. Is it okay if we go back to October of 2015? Yeah, that's cool, yeah. Can you just kind of walk me through what happened? It was actually a crazy weekend, actually, because we just lost to Clemson 56-0, probably the worst loss in U.M. history, and I had to be a part of that. So that had to start it off that first. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, so then on Sunday, we walked in on, uh, we had to go to the meets and everything. And that Sunday, Coach Golden got fired. And it was like a, like, everybody was in the, I was, I cheered up. A lot of people in there cheered up, you know, cause Coach Golden, you know, even though we had a bad losing streak, he meant a lot to me. You know, he helped me out a lot. He, 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 you know, matured a lot of guys there, you know, he taught, taught us things and like that. And, um, I actually had went to the calf to get something to eat. And my aunt called, she was, she was, she told me, um, your mom in the hospital. So I'm like, so what's going on? Just tell me right now, you know, cause we got a busy schedule. She was like, no, you need to come down here and, and, and come see her. When I came down there, you know, she was, uh, in the coma. You know, we're just waiting around, see what was going on. And, uh, it was like a long night. And what happened? Um, 
it was crazy. Like, actually, when we left, probably like 10 minutes, 10 minutes later, they called me. Cause I had dropped my brothers off home. I had an apartment at the U. And um, they were like, you got to come back. He passed. And I'm like, we just left. And I'm, I mean, like, when, on the way there, I'm thinking, like, what if we would have stayed? She probably could have pulled through. It probably was just something like us being there was still gravitating her to, like, you know, just pull through. And as soon as we left, it's just like, he passed away. So how were you dealing with all of it? Uh, with my teammates, you know, um, my coaching staff at the U, my family, uh, people that I just interact with every day just help me get through it. I'm the type of person that, that feed off of other people's energy, you know, whatever I could uh, bring to them, you know, whatever I could bring to the table will help me. It satisfy me seeing somebody else satisfied, you know, and I just use that as a as a drive, you know, going to the combine, getting ready for the drive, you know, and all the stuff I had to do just to get here. You know, just I just used all that to fuel to just keep going, you know. And, uh, like, even a week after the game, I'm like, it was that Monday, that Tuesday, I'm like, I'm not playing in the game on Saturday. I can't. And then, like, 30 minutes later, I'm like, Coach, I'm going to practice. I had to be there, you know, because they needed me and I needed them. When they first blew the whistle to go out on the field, I actually started crying a little bit. That's when I really started feeling pain that morning, you know. Uh, I just I started crying, you know before practice, and I, I just kind of flushed it out. And then I just started to keep going, keep going. And throughout the week, I just kept going. And um, the game time came. I left all my energy out there, just played hard. You know, the fans uh, support me. They gave me a big banner with all the, with all the quotes they gave me, you know, just stay strong and everything. And um, I really appreciate those guys. What did it mean to you to see that kind of support come through for you? And let me know what else, what I got to live up to, who I got to, you know, follow behind. And what did you have to do? How did you have to step up for your family? Be the one they could look to, you know, be the one they could turn to. Whatever it is, if it's uh, emotional, financially, or whatever it is, just information. You know, I got to be the person, you know, and uh, that's what I'm trying to do. Every day I just find new ways to learn something, you know. Uh, and being up here in Pittsburgh definitely helped me grow. Do you feel like you had to become a man overnight? Yeah, I mean, it kind of... It kinda, Look like a growing pain, you know. My dad left was like in the fourth grade, you know. So I kind of already had to like father my little brothers. Almost growing up, we didn't have no other father figure in our life, you know. It was just me, my mom, my three little brothers. So, so you had to step up and be the man of the house at a very young age. Yeah, kind of a lot for a little kid. Yeah, most people in worse, worse shoes than me, though. What was that like for you having to step up at such a young age? It was kind of confusing because you're still trying to learn yourself, mm-hmm. learn things in life. You know, you need somebody to at least give you some type of like, information on things. And uh, I was just missing that, you know. And I just started picking up stuff that I just felt like was right, you know. And uh, But my mom did a good job of, like, molding us, you know, putting us in the direction, you know, what, what is right, what she can do, you know, as a woman, you know. And uh, I just used whatever I saw and just kept kept going. A lot of my successes because of her, you know, a lot of things that I've, I just use my athletic ability. She gave me the the mental part of what you need to be an athlete, you know, at a young age. And growing up in Miami, it's a lot of talent everywhere. And she helped me to understand that just because you're good, like somebody out there working that's sorry than you, but they're going to be better than you soon or eventually. And that's what I see every day, you know. A lot of guys say they, they talent for granted. You know, they don't put in the work or whatever. And then you see guys that, You'd be like, yo, we didn't even pick him up in third grade when we was playing throwback. Oh, but now he's Tom Brady. 
that's some like some mental part she gave the mental part she gave to me just to always be be on your feet you know think think ahead what do you think your mom is thinking of everything that you are able to take on she probably said it's good for right now but you could do better <laughs> that's right yeah just like she told you when you were growing up yeah all the times kind of got me frustrated though why because it's kind of like challenging it's like make you work like it's make you think that you're not doing nothing but you're actually doing more than what you're supposed to do you know what i'm saying it's like kind of like a reverse i mean I, I love that she did that you know it made me just keep on pushing you know the extra mile that i thought i was a good not doing made me do what's the, it doesn't really allow you to be very complacent though yeah not at all no no i don't even know what that word i don't even like that word. <laughs> i don't even know what that means yeah <laughs> <laughs> I never even have to use that word. I don't even like that word. That's right. What's the one lesson that she taught you? And maybe that's it. But what's the one lesson that she taught you that you want to be able to keep reinforcing with your brothers and that you want to pass on to your sons? Well, the one that she taught me that I had to learn growing up was treat others the way you wanted to be treated. It's small, but as you grow, you start to see like different things, different ways of life, different ways that people grow up. You know, and uh, it's a bunch of stuff that just going on on day-to-day life, in the world life, that if you treat somebody the way you wanted to be treated, you know, it wouldn't be any problems because you wouldn't want somebody to come and slap you in your face or, you know, do anything crazy to you or say something crazy to you or any of your family or something like that. You know, so it's small, but it's big, though. Do your brothers look at you more like a father or more like brother? I want to say, like, in between. You know, they, they know... Like, what limits not to cross, you know, what things not to do, you know, mm-hmm. just certain things, like I tell them, like, it's not really, like, the best thing to do, you know, not the best way to do things, you know. How do you like being a father to two little boys? I love it, you know. Um, it actually, it changed it changed the whole way of how, how I think, you know. It just changed the way I just control myself, how I handle myself, you know, and uh, it made me better myself, you know, because I want, I want them to have a better life for me. You know, I tell my, I, like, I don't tell him, but, you know, I just joke around. Like, I just joke around and be like, I wish I had a son of my life. I wish I had the life my son had, you know, because he just, you know, he's so blessed, you know, and he just, you know, he just he just enjoying it right now. You know, he, he smiles all day, you know, and I'm just, I just be glad to see him smile, you know, enjoying it, you know. When uh, when you guys came by, you know, he wanted to kick 100 field goals. When you guys left, he still wanted to kick 100 field goals. So, you know, just little small stuff like that, he enjoy it. You know, when we leave our games, you know, he got this little routine because, you know, me and me and my fiance, we don't drive in the same car going to the game. So, you know, he hop in the car with me. We go to five guys after the game, you know, like little stuff like that. You know, he enjoy it. You know, and I just, you know, just keep giving him small stuff to enjoy, you know, just to enjoy life. How has everything you've been through made you a better father? Let me see things different. You know, it, it, uh. It opened my eyes just to understand, you know, understand people, understand things, you know. No, it just, just helped me build myself, you know. It, like, at a young age, I had a, like, father, like, teenagers already. So when he a teenager, I already be ready, like, for the stuff that comes with being a teenager, you know, with the school, you know, with after school programs, the, the attitudes and everything like that, you know, it just helped me out kind of like sooner when he got to go through everything. When you think about your journey, broken road or blessed opportunities? 
it's been it's been a it's been a a shaky journey, you know. But you know, God keep directing me in the right way. You know, He knows all the way. It's gonna be some type of adversity that you got to go through in life. I don't care if you if life if you were born with with everything in life, or if you're not born with everything in life, you're going to go through some type of adversity. It don't matter, you know. It just depends on how you deal with it, and um, and the people that help you learn how to deal with it. And fortunately, I was blessed with somebody that taught me how to deal with it, my mom, and um, just how to keep on going. Would you say that football saved you in a way? Sports saved me. I mean, I wanted to play sports since I was three, four, just like my son, you know. He want to play sports now. I'm putting him on track next year. Soon we get down to Miami, you're going straight to track. I don't care who you're running for, but you're going out there. But, I mean, sports, you know, it just kept me, you know, it, it, it teaches you a lot. You know, sports open up the whole, like, view on life. You know, you meet so many people. You have so many opportunities, you know, and just intercept your life with so many things, you know, and uh, it helped me out a lot. You talk about adversity and that everyone faces it, and it's true. But what did it mean to you? To receive the Ed Block Courage Award, it meant it meant it meant a lot. You know, we actually was in a in a team meeting room. You know, they were listening to all the all the guys and stuff like that. I didn't even know I was going to get it. Uh, actually uh, nominated for the for the award because I wasn't even on the list. You know, and our trainer Wig, he just like uh, you know he told everybody about my about my story and then you know Pounce, he's like one of the the affirmative like leader of everything so he was like okay he won it so everybody <laughs> so we just went like that you know and I just appreciate those guys with their support you know my organization support and everybody how uh how much would your mom enjoy watching your success right now she actually already had like the way she was getting to the games already because she don't fly she like she had panic attacks I don't know what she had what's her problem with that but she had panic, panic attacks every time she got on the plane so she actually wanted to get like a van or whatever just to bus everywhere. I'm like, yo, you're crazy. Cause like, what if we have a game like way like in Seattle or something? How you gonna get weighed over there in the bus? Like, you gotta fly. You can't just bus everywhere. That's dangerous. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> that take like three days to get over there. <laughs> yeah, but that's, I'm sure she would have done it. She definitely would have done it. There's no way that she would have missed a game. No way. She would have left on that Wednesday and been there. Sunday, she would have already been laid back. With a drink in her hand, chilling. It would have been cool. What do you miss most about your mom? But just the moment, you know, just the moment that that you have with your with your with your mom, you know, just the good and bad moments, you know, just the moments you get on her nerves when she don't want to own you, you know, it's just she just want to disown you. But the times where you really appreciate her, you know, you appreciate the small things that she do for you, you know, or the big things she do for you. Just just is everything in life, you know. You start thinking about. The things that you've been through, the things that she helped you get through, you know, the things that she taught you. Is there a mantra that you live by? My biggest, like, motto is always, Coach T always actually said, but it's always man versus man, you versus yourself, you know. It's, I can't worry about, like, other things or, or am I comparing myself to other guys in the league, you know, because at the end of the day, it's all about are you doing good? Am I making the plays that I have to do to – Make sure I'm the best in the league, you know, because you talk about all the other guys in the league if I want to, but it's on what I'm doing, you know, no matter what their stats are, but my stats are. So if I'm out beating myself week in and week out, then I'm preparing myself. I'm the best father when I come home, you know, make sure I spend time with them. That's me versus myself. I can't worry about what uh, somebody else on the team doing for their kids. You know, I got to worry about myself, what I'm doing for them, you know. So that's something I keep to myself, you know, just 
battling myself, you know, day in, day out, making sure I become my best self, you know, every day. That concludes this episode of the SC Featured Podcast. Thank you to Artie Burns and Michelle Beisner-Buck for joining us today. To hear more stories like this, follow SC Featured on Apple Podcasts and on the ESPN app. Until next time, I'm Jen Latta.